Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite tanking team in the Bay Area on today's episode. A nice special Saturday edition episode of Locked on Sharks. We have Hunter on from Locked on Penguins. We're going to do a crossover, uh, kind of learn about the Penguins, uh, how their season's gone, how the uh, expect the rest of the season to go, and then a, a preview of tonight's game. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, because you're at Fear of the Fin and San Jose Hockey Now. With me uh, is Hunter Hoodies of Locked On Penguins, and we are here to talk Sharks-Penguins, a rivalry that's uh, pretty one-sided because the Penguins beat the Sharks in there. So, like, um, it crushed crushed me and my four-year-old at the time. I hope you're happy, Hunter. <laughs> hey, you know, that was, a, that was a fun final back when I was uh, – oh, damn. I, was, I think I was 18 at the time when they uh, – Played them in the Stanley Cup final, and you know, I know the game six is the most memories, but I'll probably never forget uh, game two when Connor Sherry probably broke everyone's hearts <laughs> before he went to Washington. But uh, but hey, you have former Penguin Nick Benino there now. He can't hurt you anymore. At least. No, Nick Benino. No, well, he can just not that way. He just no. hurts us in other ways. Uh, no, sorry, Nick Benino only scores goals. So um, before we get into today's episode, do want to let you guys know that today. Uh, is episode is brought to you guys by FanDuel. FanDuel, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So we have two teams who are very much kind of polar opposites, uh, but kind of a little bit the same. Like, you know, we know with the Penguins, right? You guys, aging core, this feels very almost last dance-ish you got a couple you know maybe a couple more years here but you're getting you're kind of starting to see the end um of, of, of potentially a i don't want to say dynasty but like a, a this core right and the sharks they're moving out of there they're they're starting their rebuild or reload or retool or whatever micro wants to to kind of call it but so i mean with the penguins this year how for us fan you know we don't watch the penguins that often or whatever what how would you kind of a, a explain this season so far Oh, I could probably give you a, an hour-long answer when it comes to that. <laughs> Started out great, first five, six games, or 5-0-1. Oh, had that seven-game losing streak, ran through the rest of the league for the next month or two. And then it's just been kind of up and down. They had another six-game losing streak. Started to win some more games, but they, they've also been really banged up um, as of late, but have started to get some guys back. It's just been really inconsistent. The, the, the term I've been using a lot on my podcast is they've been very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, you just really don't know what version you're going to get from them um, on some nights. The top six, I would say, has mostly carried them um, to their wins this season. Sidney Crosby has been really good as usual, but, you know, he's slacked off a little bit, I would say, these last couple of weeks. I don't know if he's battling an injury, but definitely not the same. Uh, I, we, we saw earlier on the season where he was just kind of putting the team on his back. Um, when healthy, Tristan Jari has been good. But it's just, you know, he's, he struggled to stay healthy um, this season. But – yeah, JD. It's just been very up and down. And they're in a playoff spot right now. They gotta keep 
banking points because the Buffalo Sabres of all teams are right behind them. And, you know, good for the Sabres. I think it's great for the hockey market up there that they're finally playing meaningful games. Uh, Outside of that, I think there's other teams down there that are just kind of inconsistent as well. But, you know, it's just they have they have their own issues, you know, with with the third line and um, just depth scoring. The backup goaltender hasn't been as good at times. But, you know, I still think when healthy and when this team is on its game, they're one of the best teams in the league. It's just they need to start playing like it and just cut these inconsistencies out. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, a team that's consistently inconsistent, I'd say was the shark is the Sharks. You know, this season for them has they're one of the five worst teams uh, in the NHL. And it's weird, though, because if you look on the surface, you have guys like Eric Carlson, who's on a hundred plus point pace. You have Timo Meyer, who's been dominating you know Thomas Hurdles had a good season Logan mm-hmm. Torres had a, a pretty solid season as well but this team my my term is they make catastrophic mistakes where any mistake just go gets compounded and it ends up in the back of the net and last year the Sharks had a really solid goaltending uh with James Reimer and Aiden Hill but maybe not so, league average-ish this year it's been not very good at all and you don't know if it's the goalies themselves, if it's the defenseman making bad mistakes at the worst time. And it's like I said, it's any little mistake just seems to get compounded and ends up in the back of their net. And this is how this team has become one of the five worst teams in the NHL, despite scoring a ton of goals and, you know, being really fun to watch night in and night out with Eric Carlson and and Timo Meyer. But two guys don't make a team, right? (laughs) No, no. I mean, and I'm I'm very happy for Eric Carlson. I, I, you know, back in 2016, I think he was the best, one of the five best players on the planet. To be honest, um, when he was in his prime, he reminded me a lot of like a mini little Paul Coffey. To be honest, I'm I'm so happy that he's playing um, at this level again because he had lost that for a long time. Um, and you know, when I look at that Sharks lineup, JD, you know, there are some good forwards here. You know, as you said, Timo Meyer, he's probably going to get dealt. I would think at the deadline. Um, just hope he doesn't go to New Jersey or anything like that. Please don't send him there. <laughs> I can't. Um, I can't. For my own health, I can't have him go to New Jersey. No. Uh, as a fly, growing up as a Flyers fan, I cannot stand New Jersey at all. Uh, yes. So. <laughs> no, no. Wait, I do not want to see him go there. You know, Hurdle's always good. Logan Couture, um, but you know, outside of like, I guess you know those main core players. You know, it's just it's a completely different Sharks team than what I'm used to. Obviously, I know Nick Menino is still there, former Pittsburgh Penguins legend. But, you know, Kevin LeBanc, Arbanov, Nico Sturm, um, Evgeny Sechnikov, Oscar Lindblom, former Philadelphia Flyer. You know, this is definitely a team that, you know, I think everyone knew they were in transition heading into this year. Um, but it sounds like the fans have fully embraced this team being bad and trying to tank for Connor Bedard. Is that right? Like they, they, I think most fans just want the team to, you know, recoup picks and all that just so that they can jumpstart the next window of contention here. Yeah. And it's, it's because this team is not really fully committed, right? You know, they, yeah. they, the 2018, 19 season, right. They went to the Western conference finals. And then since then they've missed the playoffs every year, three now going to be four years in a row. And is this team, it, it, you know, under Doug Wilson, it was like, hey, you know, we have this core. We think we can, you know, kind of try to make one more run with these guys. And of course, that never happened. And Mike Greer in his first season, you know, I think he wanted to give these guys an opportunity. He went out, tried to add some depth pieces, you know, on along the bottom, you know, guys like Nico Sturms, guys like, you know, like that who kind of come in. They're competent NHL players. Um, 
try to make it easier so that way you're not trying to rush in your prospects, all that fun stuff. And this team is just, they, they just don't have anything special outside of Timo and, and Eric Carlson. And I mean, you and I both know, like it's the special players that make, you know, make you a good team to a great team and make you a, a you know, a great team to a cup team. And, you know, you, you've gotten to watch Sidney Crosby for the past, you know, 18 plus year. How long it's been forever now, Tw- almost 20 years now. Right. Yeah. Almost 20. Yeah. Oh my God. We're getting old buddy. Um, like you, you've got, you know, special players like that are, are what kind of changed, make you a, a, a team. And yes, you have to surround them. We, you, we, we've seen, Edmonton, right? You have a special player. They haven't done a good job of surrounding him with talent. And the Sharks, they they don't have enough special players. They have some talented players, but don't have enough special players. And I think most fans are ready to fully embrace getting a special, special player um, potentially in uh, in the NHL draft. And adding that with, they've been drafting really well the past couple of years, but adding that special player. And then, then you can talk about, okay, this next type of core. So um, before though we get into kind of what's next for these teams, maybe look at the trade deadline. What these these teams are, both teams are probably going to be uh, doing different things, but pretty active. Do want to let you guys know about our friends over at uh, FanDuel. Right now, it's best one of the best weekends of the year coming up here with the NFL playoffs. Uh, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy and new customers right now. Join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a bigger chance, uh, a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Again, if you like the Niners to win... Christian McCaffrey touchdown. I don't know. Anytime touchdown, it just makes sense to me. So that's just my, who am I? Just some guy. On and out that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. Okay, so... I see your co-host is also uh, active back there. So. He is he is mad at his sister right now. He's, she probably <laughs> took a bone from him, and he's probably oh, just pissed off about it. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, of course that they are the real hosts, right? The, yes. The, the, yes. Um, so, Penguins. I know they're you know kind of locked up, kind of an aging core, but it does feel like this is you know like I said, kind of one of their last runs. So heading into the trade deadline, I know this team. Doesn't have the most assets, especially when you've been kind of competing for a cup in the last couple of years for a long time. Sharks were in the same position, right? You you trading away the future a lot, but what are what are the Penguins going to do to try to kind of make this last run? Especially when you have teams like Boston and the Hurricane, you have some of these kind of these monsters out east. Yeah, I mean, you know, first off, I really hope they don't draw Boston in the first round. That's probably a quick first round exit right there with how the Bruins are playing this year. <laughs> they're insane. Um, they're crazy. I mean, the Penguins, funny enough, the Penguins have actually played the Bruins tougher than I think most teams have. They probably should have won the first game against them. And then the Winter Classic, I think they played two, two and a half really strong periods. The Bruins just, you know, they played well, well in the last half of the third. So um, outside of that, Penguins, they have the top six, I feel like. Their fourth line has been really starting to cook these last few games. But, man, that third line is just awful. I mean, 
Brogdon <laughs> again was riding an 18 shooting uh 18 shooting percentage through the first through the first 30 30 plus games that's Not very sustainable, sustainable. yes no. <laughs> jd he hasn't scored in 15 games now i think i think we all knew what to expect there you know i, I like brock i think he's a fine player but, but he's just not getting it done. Poor Jeff Carter. It's not his fault that Ron Hextall decided to give him that, that two-year extension. He has four goals this year. One of them is an empty netter. All of his underlyings completely stink. And then Teddy Bluger on there right now. Outside of his one game in Philadelphia, he's on pace for barely even 10 points this season. And that he's mm. usually their four-fine center. Just not good enough. Um, you know, They need a difference maker on that third line. I don't care who you get, whether it's players I've looked at, such as Nick Schmaltz. Bo Horvat from Vancouver, if you can somehow swing that. Uh, Max Domi, if you want to get even you know, more creative, even though he has a high cap hit. Jonathan Taves from Chicago. Um, they got to get someone down there on that third line that can actually produce offense and also play well defensively. They are not getting anything from that line right now. They're getting caved in um, on a nightly basis. That's what I'm really looking for. It also would help if the GM actually wants to wake up from the nap that he's in. Hextall really <laughs> doesn't do too much. Um, and, you know, I know we don't have Jim Rutherford as a GM here who probably would have made five trades by now just because that's who he is. But, you know, the deadline is still, what, we're five weeks away, I think. Yeah. At point. You, you got to start to see what the problems are with this team. I think outside chance they may go out and get a 1B goaltender. Um, Tristan Jari is hurt again right now. He had a groin injury before. I haven't heard what um, this latest injury was, but, you know, it's, it's a risk going into the playoffs for a third year in a row with this same tandem, which was hurt last year and then was hurt also the year before when Jari just couldn't stop anything. So um, I think that's an area that they could look to improve as well. Defensively, they should be fine when they're fully healthy. But, you know, they need to go out and get at least one difference maker for their third line. You know, the three cups that they've won in the Crosby Malkin era, they've had a, a true third line center down there, whether it's Jordan Stahl, Nick Benino, heck, they had Phil Kessel down their third line in 2016, 2017. So, yeah, you know, the blueprint is there. Hexall <laughs> just has to, you know, see it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, and the Sharks are going to be very active. And the other end kind of sell yeah. pieces here. Um, you know, you talk about a 1B. You know, I hadn't thought of Pittsburgh, but James Reimer, I think, is a perfect kind of 1B type of guy who can come in, play a couple games. He's not going to cost you very much. The Sharks will be more than happy to eat half his cap. You know, it's basically you're going to a million dollars to kind of fit him fit, fit him in your the, the the cap. And, you know, he can come in, especially at the end of the season. Maybe you're, you're kind of already locked in your playoff spot or if you need, you, like I said, you need Jari to, to kind of rest for a couple games. Uh, we've seen Reimer be able to carry the load for a while and play really well, especially behind uh, what is a uh, – mess uh, at the blue line for the sharks uh you know so i think somebody like that that kind of makes a lot of sense especially a veteran guy like that who he, he's going to fit in the locker room he, everyone knows james jarvis is a, a great guy um you know on and off of the ice I, I think that that could be a potential right there um sharks though i mean the the big if you're looking for a difference maker though it's timo meyer and we kind of you know you kind of mentioned it earlier before and the Sharks, they it's kind of seems they're they're going to kind of play this out until the end. And the, the big thing with Reimer is, or not with Reimer with Meyer is um, he's still an RFA, right? So if the Sharks wanted to, they could sign him to a one year qualifying offer and play this game all over uh, again next year. But it sounds like this this year is going to be the we're either going to sign you to a, a you know your eight year monster extension or we're going to trade you and. Um, probably the team that signs you is going to sign you to, or trade free is going to sign you to that eight year monster extension type of thing. But he is a first line 
center or first line winger on any team. Like he can come in, he shoots a lot. He scores a lot. He's a power forward. He's got speed skill. Um, he could do it all. If the penguins were to, I, I haven't heard the penguins being interested, but if the penguins were able to pull that off, uh, you would be absolutely insane. Having, Crosby dishing things to Meyer <laughs> for if, for if they would put him on that line, they, they they're very com- com- comfortable having um, him play with Gensel and Raquel, or they put Rust up there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but my, like no, Meyer is like I think too with Meyer because like again West Coast teams, right? You don't get to see Meyer a lot and stuff like that. Like he's really good, man. Like he yeah. what again? Like on this Sharks team, I know he plays with Hurdle, but it's like what he's doing with not much around him. Like if you get like increase, you know, going from hurdle to Crosby uh, and letting Meyer just do that. Or, you know, like I said, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think Adam Gretz of Pennsburg and a couple other places was actually yeah. writing about Meyer this week for the, his website and said like, why not for the penguins? Like, you don't have really anything to lose. You can trade, you know, off to it's probably dollar in dollar out just because of the salary cap situation. But, you know, they have futures this year, especially their first round pick. I know Ron Hextall's not, doesn't like giving up those first, but you know, you just sign back all those players in the offseason. You kind of owe it to your core um, to try to take a couple, you know, as many you know swings at this thing as you can. You know, I I will say the Penguins don't have that many good prospects. Uh, JD, I think <laughs> the best one is Owen Pickering, who they just drafted um, this past year, and I, I I have to think that he's probably off the table. And any trade, that's probably the only one that they would leave off the table because I think he's going to be good at some point. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, you know, there's just you know, it's 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 slim pickings when it comes to uh, trading with this team. I think it's going to have to be picks and then you know some roster players or something like that. And then um, I was also wondering, is Eric Carlson going to be on the block this season? I know he has that massive cap hit. Um, I believe he has the no trade clause in it. Um, would he potentially get moved to a contender at the deadline? I honestly don't see it again, like you said. So he four he still has four years left after this year at eleven and a half million dollars. Hold no move clause. So not even just in a trade, no move clause. So he has to approve any trade. Um, and again, Eric Carlson has been amazing this season, right? Um, Norris caliber defenseman this year, but I don't think that wipes away what we've seen the past three years where he's been oft injured um and hasn't produced at the, the same rate that we're seeing this year. So I just don't see a team. And then again, even like, I don't think the Sharks are going to be willing to eat that much cap for that long. Cause you're expecting this team, like in the next three years to hopefully start to kind of pull things around there again, hopefully fingers crossed. Um, I just don't see them committing to having to kind of eat that much, that amount of cap space for that long uh, for a player who's still right now producing for you. Um, so Pierre LeBron thinks if there's a trade that's going to happen, it's probably going to be the off season where a little bit more flexibility. Uh, I just, I, again, I just don't see a team being able to kind of, I think there's just too many hurdles right now to be able to move Eric Carlson's contract. So, um, I would be shocked at this point if he gets traded during the season. Yeah. And I saw, I think I saw the asking price. I don't know which inside reported, but I think someone said like three, two or three first rounders. I'm like, what are you taught? I'm like the day I see a player trade for three first rounders is the, I think the day hell freezes over, to be honest. I'm just like, what <laughs> that's when Connor McDavid about? gets traded. That's the day is when Connor McDavid yeah, gets traded. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm like, I, I heard Carlson's awesome, but you know, I don't know what team has given up three straight first rounders. This isn't the NBA here. 
Yeah. I mean, but I mean, that that could just be that could be the asking price of a team's like, hey, how what is it? And if Mike Gurr says three first rounders, cool, we asked. He's just not available right now. So, which, you know, again, I'm I like watching Eric Carlson play hockey. So um I would like to keep him in teal for as long as possible because uh Eric Carlson is awesome at hockey. So all right, Hunter. Um Heading into this game, we don't get to you know see each other very often. So, what as uh, as Sharks fans, what should we be kind of on the lookout from 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 the Penguins? Like, kind of what makes them so dangerous? Yeah. So, you know, for this game, you know, the, the two games last year between these two teams were awesome. You know, I think the Penguins were up six one in Pittsburgh, then the Sharks made it six five. If I recall correctly, and then I think the Penguins. Oh yeah, that crazy two. game! I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was nuts. I think they won seven, eight, five, eight, six, something, was, somewhere yes, around yes, yes. those lines. It was yeah, some ridiculous number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- those two games were pretty nuts. Um, for this game, you know, I think it's really all about the Penguins' top six. Um, Jake Gensel's been a little cold um, as of late, but you know he can heat up at any time. Same goes with Sid. Um, but Ricard Raquel has been awesome for this team this season. You know, I think before. Um, yeah, she's game. He had goals in what, four or five straight games. Uh, he's been awesome ever since, you know, just coming over from the Ducks and, you know, since signing the extension um, in the offseason. You know, that's that is their bread and butter uh, for their offense. Um, their power play has just been up and down, I would say, throughout the year. How it's been going make much of an impact, but you know, it's mainly just the star players that I think you really have to look out for. I'm not really expecting anything from the third line. Um, their fourth line, though, again. That line has been actually starting to play really well as of late. Drew O'Connor, a young player coming up from Wilkes-Barre. Uh, that's probably the best I've seen him play as a member of the Penguins. Ryan Kaling, I don't really like his, his offense ability too much, but he's a decent penalty killer. And he's also, you know, <clears throat> playing well defensively for that line as, as a four-checking menace. And then um, Danton Heinen, he's getting back into one of those goal streaks. He has goals in two straight games now after not scoring since October, when he, I think he had two against Columbus. Um, very, very streaky player. Um, but you know, that's really what I think that what the Sharks have to watch out for in this one is just the, the Penguins' top six. You know, when they win, it's usually when the players in the top six score. Um, though they have gotten a, few, a little bit of depth scoring these last couple of games, which is a very welcome sight. Um, you know, I will say the Sharks, you know, they could have the advantage because the Penguins have been giving up a lot of shots as of late, they've been giving up 40 plus shots almost every game. It feels like outside of that game against New Jersey last weekend when they held them to 23 if i recall correctly they've been giving up 35 40 shots a game which is mm. unacceptable even with you know letang and patriot coming back um and then goaltending wise i would expect casey to smith to start this one tristan jari is out until um after the all-star break but you know that's really what i would be looking for in this one um you know if i were a shark stand but um for the Penguins listeners, JD, you know, I know obviously the Penguins don't see the Sharks very often at this point. You know, what do they have to look out for, especially on a team that, you know, is coming into this game on a back-to-back? And funny enough, we were talking pre-show. They blew that two-goal lead with less than two minutes to go to lose, and the tank for Bedard is fully on against the Hurricanes. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Sharks going to be coming off second. Uh, second night of a back-to-back and having to travel from Raleigh to to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Yeah, this is part of a kind of a death march road trip uh, where they've played against uh, Boston. They played against Carolina. They've played against uh, – they're going to play against Florida. Like, they've played, like, a lot of these just, br- like, really, really good teams, you know. Um, and expect uh, Capo Kakinen will be starting. James Armour started on Friday night, so I'd expect Capo Kakinen starting. Kakinen's had a pretty down season this year. 
Um, started to play a little bit better recently, but he's had a, you know, kind of hasn't lived up to the expectations after the Sharks traded for him last off or last trade deadline. And they gave him a two year extension this offseason. But the Sharks are kind of a one line team, right? It's the uh, Kevin LeBanc, uh, Tomas Hurdle, and um, Timo Meyer. And Timo Meyer kind of does the bulk of the work on that, that line. Um, this line is one of the top 10 in producing expected goals in the league. Um, they they are, if that line is cooking, um, the Sharks usually have a good chance uh, of winning uh, or at least being competitive, right? Maybe not winning, but being competitive, especially because Errol Carlson kind of plays with those guys a lot. So Timo Meyer has been actually one of their most consistent scorers. Um, he started really slow, didn't have a goal for the first nine games. Since then, he's got 28 games. Um, what is that in the last 40 game, 28 goals in the last like 40 games for, mm-hmm. for the uh, Sharks. And he's been very consistent where he hasn't gone more than, you know, a game or two without scoring a goal. Didn't score against the Hurricanes. So expect Timo time uh, against the Penguins because that's what he does. Um, he just, he's on a tear this year. He's in a contract year and he's trying to uh, get paid what he deserves. So um, the power play for the Sharks is a very much a one side. It's a for like, stars and scrubs approach first you know the first the first power play units really good the second power play is guys like nick benito nico sturm uh you know matt benning not you know they're just out there to kind of give the guys uh, a rest so um penalty kill for the sharks though is very very good they're one of the top uh, i think they're three or four two or three right now in, in the pk um very very good so if the sharks can kind of control the special teams um battle Hang in there, five on five. I think that's kind of their road to success. So, Hunter, who you got tonight? Um, you know, I, I will say this: the Penguins better not lose this game. <laughs> the Sharks better not win this game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Playing on a back-to-back, they just blew a two-goal lead with less than two minutes left to the Hurricanes down in Raleigh. You know, that is a total tank job, if you ask me. Usually, teams can hold on with two minutes less than two minutes after you get an empty netter. I saw. Um, they, they totally tanked that one away. I mean, Penguins will be playing up against the back of gold. A team that's going to get the city, of course, it's 10 o'clock on Friday. They're probably not going to get there until 12 a.m., 1 a.m. in the morning to their hotel rooms. Um, they, they, had, they had better win this game. You know, you're playing a team that is legitimately tanking. I, I do like the Penguins to win this one. I'm probably going to, it's probably going to be a little more low scoring. I'm probably going to go 3 1, something like that. Um, I think the Penguins get an empty netter um, late in the game, but um, I do think the Penguins take it and they get two. Much needed points going into their bye week uh, next week, JD, where they can hopefully get some injured players back and then they have the all star break. So, um, this will be their last game for the next eight or nine days, which will be a welcome sight as they're still a little bit banged up right now. But I have the Penguins in this one. If they can control the special teams battle, the PK is still top 10 in the league, even though it's gone down a little bit. Power play can wake up a little bit and 5v5, they can control the expected goals and the scoring chances and all that. And Casey DeSmith plays the way he did against Washington despite the loss. Um, I would expect the Penguins to win this game. Yeah, I got the Penguins winning this game too. I got four to two, um, just because. Yeah, like like you said, this. Is, I know it's the last game before kind of the All Star break and the bye week and everything like that. Same thing for the Sharks, but I mean, this is the last game of this massive road trip, right? Um, they just blew a lead to the Hurricanes. They're having to travel. Um, they're probably ready to go home. So actually, you know what? I think it's gonna be like five or six to two. I, I just think the, the Penguins kind of just come out and drum the Sharks. But put me down for Timo Meyer goal because Timo Meyer just scores goals. So, All right, Hunter, where can the people find you? 
And follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter has LO underscore penguins. You can find the show wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. We're on Amazon Music now, ad-free, if you did not know that. And all that other jazz. JD, I'll ask the same for you for my um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, at my fry hole. Um, you can listen, of course, wherever you get podcasts, all that fun stuff. Like he just said, uh, follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked On Sharks. And I assume we'll be both back on Monday to recap a weekend of hockey. So until then, bye, friends.